as a student, how many black teachers did you if your have? answer is two or less, you are not alone. We know that black teachers are under attack. And with all the conversation happening about black teacher recruitment, shouldn't we be talking about retention too? So where are all of our black teachers? I'm so glad you asked. In the new monthly podcast series from Two Dope Productions, the exit interview coming in late January, Asia Lyons. Hey, y'all. And me, Kevin Adams, talk with former black educators who've been pushed out of the classroom. We want to know their stories. Who or what made them leave? How was their family affected by the push out? And most importantly, what are they doing now that they've left the classroom? If you'd like to be on the exit interview, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Dope Teachers or email us at twodopeteachers at gmail.com. Gerardo Munoz. And it is your man, Kevin Adams. It is your grown man, Kevin Adams. Grown man, no <laughs> longer a boy. That's right. That's right. But definitely a man. That's right. You are definitely a man. There is no. I'm a man. About that. I'm a man. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Who knows? I don't know. It just, means you're back. it just means you're grown. I'm grown. And, grown. Uh, and we are two grown men who are also um, public school teachers in the city of Denver. Uh, yes, we are coming at you uh, season five. We are past the halfway point of season five, which is kind of wild. And it's gone fast. We would I would say what day it is and what time it is and what month it is, but I'm I'm honestly not clear um, as <laughs> what because you know what I mean. Like I'm having this I'm having these vibes. Like are you having the beginning of school vibes? Like I mean, yeah. Just as came we back returned. and I feel like okay, we just came back to school after like not being in school for a while. And so it's like, but it's like February and it's just so weird. Well, it's like, you've been in school, you've been doing the work, you've been like, there's a lot of head work, all that stuff, the thinking, right. the brain is sparked, but then there's all the social stuff, the, the part of being in the right. building like and being interacting. In building. Like you have to worry about your classroom now. Like I, yeah. I, I finally, you'll be really proud of me. Like, first of all, I felt really called out by you um why when you were starting to put stuff up in in um oh i don't think two dope nation knows you're in my old classroom i i have usurped his space people See, he has been fronting <laughs> this forever but you know my space is wherever i that's am. it that's it that's, that's right. it that's it that's <laughs> it so i saw you i saw you like walking in like on one of the first days with like posters and stuff and i'm like, like i'm like what the hell is this dude, what the hell is this dude doing like acting like he's working. And so I spent the first week just feeling like, okay, I am kind of sitting in what looks like a prison visitation room right now. Uh, nothing <laughs> on the walls, 
tables distance, one chair per table, you know? And so I, so I, yep. so I have some stuff up, but um, yeah, before we get too far into it, um, if you want to talk about how weird things are and about how you don't know what day or year it even is anymore, you can get at us by reaching out on Instagram and Twitter at Two Dope Teachers. You can like us on Facebook.com, Two Dope Teachers and a Mike, um, or as, as Cornelius Minor says, your auntie can like us on Facebook. Uh, you, can also, you can also email us with uh, positive feedback, with uh, DoorDash gift cards, with money, uh, with with transfers you just want to send to us at teachers at gmail.com. And I might even tell Kevin about them. Um, and uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You uh, please, if you do subscribe on Apple or Spotify, how, how many star rating do we want, Kev? We're looking for five, not yeah. one, not two, not three, not, three. not four, <laughs> but five. Uh, all right, LeBron. Um, we are all witnesses to you, uh, Kevin Adams, and uh, to the greatness. To the witness. greatness that you bring. Did you the, the greatness that you bring? Yeah, five star ratings are great and a review. Someone gave us a two star, and I got sad for like two days. And like, I don't even know who they listen. If if you give us a two star rating, just don't listen to the pod. Like you Here's a two-star rating. I'm giving you a two-star rating. Yeah, it's like, it's like, well, hold up. But anyway, I don't want to get into that because, see, here I am. This hey, is part, part hey they hate us because they ain't us. That's right. They hate us because they ain't us. And um, yeah, so it's beautiful. Um, you can also support us on Patreon. There will be a longer uh, drop midway through the show to tell you how you can support us financially. Podcasting is not free, um, even though your minds will be um and so uh, did you just come up with that yeah off the top of the dome off the dome off the dome um take that two-star rating that's right take that take that take that take that was that some two-star bars though was that Uh two-star bars that was five-star bars star bars that's all right that's why they're not listening anymore yo kev um can you uh shut me up and tell the people what we about to do today we are about to release cathartic release i think it's what like part of what the roots of this podcast are i, I think in the right. end is, is like a space for us to just you know let go and maybe see if people can relate to what we're going through and our experiences you know but uh we call it the brain dump right brain dump yep this is our brain dump it's just like you have all of this stuff floating around you know the stuff you find yourself thinking about writing about you know talking to people about over complaining and over, about complaining about you know to people who are like i get it i get it you know but this is the brain dump this is the brain so dump. i think this is the second brain dump yep done so here yep. we go brain dump two we go brain dump electric yep. boogaloo brain dump two electric boogaloo i i would use that in the title but i feel like that's probably copyrighted um so here we go. So yeah, the format of this one is we kind of go back and forth. We talk a little bit about what's on our mind and what's on our hearts and how we kind of like deal with that. Um, so Mr. Adams, what, what are you, what are you thinking about right now? What's going on? Man, like right now, I think I'm thinking about so much, right? Yeah. So like everything, everything, but specific things at moments, you know, like tomorrow is Friday. It is our, oh, it's, my, it's my eighth day back yep. with students. Um, I think you're a little further down the road. 
Um, I could say I've. Oh, that's you know, right. Yeah, I was like, wait, is it my eighth day back? No, you're a little further down the road. Yeah, uh, just because they staggered the the bringing the kids in. I don't know why we started at the highest grade. I don't know why we didn't start. Other places started at the lower grades, yeah. right? But uh, but so no shade though. No shade in case uh, anyone who uh, contributed that to to that decision. Was, yes, no shade, no shade. But but <laughs> but it's just you know it was interesting. But it's cool being back right now. Um, I've got about probably each day, everybody always talks about, they're like, oh, your group, because you have to meet your group. So I guess every school has their procedures right now. So like, this is what we go through. And so like, I'll tell you guys a little bit about ours. Um, if you're not a first period teacher, if you don't have students, you're outside waiting, right? And you've got your I'm gonna take a nap nap while Kevin talks about this. Yes, yes. And you got you you got your doors. This is what he this is why this is why he didn't know what he had to do. (laughs) What do we have to do? I took a nap the first time. I'm gonna take a nap the second time. No, I know that right. (laughs) I'm gonna go quick and it's a exciting story. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you so you meet you meet the kids. We have our signs, you have your specific door. You guys probably all know this who are back, who've been back, you know, and we guide our students to their classes, right? So um it's a definite different experience. I think it adds like an extra layer of just everything to it, you know. You get the kids sanitized. You do the COVID checker. You ask them the questions. Sanitize the children. <laughs> you, yes, yes. I, I so I keep telling them sanitize. Sandy up. Sandy up. <laughs> Sandy up. Sandy up. Sandy up. I kind of Annie up, but Sandy up. No, no, I got it. I got you it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so you bring the kids in. I line them up. You know, I rap with them when they're waiting in line because it's cold. Up. Yeah, wash them hands. Yeah, Sandy oh, up. Don't oh. get these hands. Sandy up. <laughs> Wash those hands. <laughs> Don't get COVID. <laughs> you can't. How do you make an MOP song for the kids? Like, how do they make kids bop MOP? Oh my god! <laughs> hey, get at us if you have get a bop MOP. Yes, yeah, do that. <laughs> but so you know, you go through the routine. You get the kids in. You you go through it. But you know, we're back. You had to go through all the struggles of technology because at our school. We are teaching hybrid and it's not hybrid where some kids do some online work. Some kids do. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's uh, not hybrid off- for children. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's hybrid for us teachers, yeah, right. right? Which yeah. is a, a we are new doing experience. Hybrid. We are doing yes. hybrid. <laughs> so that means for y'all, uh, what we mean is we are teaching live students in front of us in the classroom at the same time as we teach online. So, you know, we, we, we are doubled up. Uh, which is cool though. It's cool because you still have the community that you've been building online, yeah. you know, which I think is good. Um, uh, but it's also brings about challenges from the communications, echoes, all this stuff yep. to, to like, like the worst part is I feel like sometimes you feel like you forget about your virtual kids, right? Yep. Yep. I don't know about you. Is it like natural habit to just be like, I want to play to the people in the room with me. Well, here's what's hilarious, right? So, like, we've been doing access testing, right? And yes. um, by the way, shout out to a listener who um, contacted us and let us know that while schools are required to give access testing, families are not required to do it, and there's no penalty if they don't do it for Ooh. anyone. Ooh, that's a hot take. 
I just want to thank our, thank our homeboy J-Rod for that one. Thank you, J-Rod, for that um, nugget of info. Uh, so, so here's what's interesting, though. So we're doing access testing, right? And yep. so my student teacher comes in, <laughs> and they're like, we're only going to have one kid in class today. Like, literally, they just grabbed everybody and took them to access testing. And so the one kid comes in, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's just you and us. And I was like, oh, and the other 17 people online. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, oh, wait, no, there's actually literally still 20 people in class. So never mind. So the idea of who is actually in class and what that looks like is so warped right now. Like, I don't think my brain is going to recover from this, bro. Like, you, you I, can't like, come back from it. I don't think, man, I'm old, I'm older than you. So like my- You're not that much older, at brother. My, at my age. At my, at uh, my old age. I don't know, man. I feel like 45 has been a real difference from 42. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is that kind of thing where for me, it's more, I'm cognizant of everybody there, but yeah. I still have not found the perfect camera angle. Like, I, yeah, have you? Because it's I mean, like- I play with it, right? So I have all the kids on the Google Meet. All the kids are on the Google Meet. So they can- oh, Even that, the ones that are in person. Even the one, everybody logs into the Google Meet. So at first yeah. I had one computer that I put in the middle of the room and the microphone to try to make sure to pick up. And so we could just talk, everybody talking through that and it comes through the speaker. And so that they can just like hear the people online. Yep. But then I switched today to my Bluetooth headset that we got- given to us uh -oh. shout out shout out uh -oh. to admin shout out to the team yep and I've, so I, i've stopped using mine but that's a different i don't know maybe we're going we're two we're two ships <laughs> crossing in the night i don't know what next week's gonna look like gerardo uh, that was just today but i don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like brother <laughs> <laughs> who knows it might not work well like i mean to but that point goes to, to that point like I had this whole idea, right, where before, so we, we came we came back with the high schoolers before y'all came back with the middle schoolers. And so I had yep. this whole idea. I was like, oh, okay, so what I probably need to do is set up my camera, like, so it's facing me and the students in class. And so I started, yes. like, setting it up, and one of my students was like, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, oh, no, this is so everybody can see you. Like, I don't want them to see us. I'm like, oh. Uh-huh, you know they did it. was that plan and i oh. like oh of course okay because i got this like the the camera i use for these calls that we do has like yeah. a really wide lens and so yeah it, like and so it would literally get the whole room yeah so, and, and then i broke my camera stand because like that's what happens when you're like trying to figure things out things get broken and it's just a scene so yeah so so you got everybody on the meet everybody's uh, you on the your, meet. you're talking about your bluetooth headset I got my Bluetooth headset on so I can walk around like because I'm middle school. So I got to be able to check in. Right. Because, yeah. you know, they be tab, 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 tapping. Tab, tab. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Tab, tab. <laughs> it's like where you have one tab, oh, many tabs. They're like, I know you're watching YouTube. I'm not that funny. I know yeah. I'm funny. But yeah, I'm not right, 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 right. They're like, oh, my kid does that when, you know, when we're like in the room and she's just looking at her phone and she's like, <laughs> dying, dying. Like it's, that's, was that directed? Like, anyway, you're so. like, are you laughing at, I, you start saying, you're like, uh, are you laughing at me? <laughs> yeah. Is it, did I do something? Am I? do we got it so okay so you're checking in with the with the little one and you teach you teach like students who are not only new to like like this whole setup 
but they're also new to middle school. Yeah, they they are literally they are sixth graders. Yeah, yeah. I, these are the kids that you really like at these times, like our first time kindergartners, or first time first graders, or sixth graders, or ninth graders. You know, it's like a whole new. They're like, first of all, I don't even really know this place. I don't so even that, know what this is. It I is, don't even know how I got here. Yeah, and they're excited to be there. You know, they don't have all the privileges. They don't get lockers. And you know, when they're sixth grade, they're like, yeah. oh man, I just want a locker because sixth graders for some reason like to see if they could be locked inside of a locker, which oh, yeah, all of our sixth grade listeners, you can be. You, you can, can be. You're I've small. watched it happen several times. I don't know why. I've watched, yeah. here's the thing. But Gerardo, at our school, you've seen... We've seen ninth graders locked in lockers. This is true. Like tenth grade. Like, like I've I've noticed when we go to other like especially comprehensive high schools, I feel like ours <laughs> are just smaller. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's it's not bullying. Hold on, listeners, it's not. Oh bullying. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like all self motivated. No, no, they'll like, definitely <laughs> ask. They'll definitely ask, Mister, Mister, Cons- can you put me in the locker? Consensual locking, locking of self in lockers. Yeah, like back in our day, it was bullying, but in this day, like kids are like, I wonder if I could get locked in a locker. Can you lock me in the locker? I'm like, and then of okay. course they don't know how to like open it because they're not good at opening their lockers yet. So no, that, and then they have to locker. get you. And then they have to get you. They're like, Mister, so and so's locked in. I'm fairly glad that we don't have to deal with this this year. You know, but so like. I say that to say this is is coming in, seeing the kids is great. There's a whole level of paranoia and anxiety that goes with it all, right? Yeah. That I think the longer we're there, um, it, it, it subsides a little. I feel like I've been safe. I don't know about you. I'm wearing a face mask. I'm double masked up. I'm sanded. I'm, every day I'm sanding everything. My hands all the time, like constantly sanding, sanding, sanding. Yeah. Right. But then you have to do things like and I don't know if this happens for you, but like with sixth graders, we're working on computers still. I haven't gone back to like pencil and paper for the most right. part, you know, um, so I have to teach them, which is cool, you know, but like I have to touch their device. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so that's a risk. Like I have to be in their space. Now, hopefully I don't do it too long. I'm not touching their device a lot, but sometimes it's like easier for me to show, touch the screen, stuff like that. So I'm thankful that they have that type of technology. Yeah. Um, but always trying to make sure that you're sanitizing and all of that, you know. So See, I've had a, and maybe it's because I'm not teaching middle school. Um, I've had a slightly different experience with that. Like I feel the anxiety of of just how exposed I feel without a vaccine, right? Yeah. Um yeah. I feel the anxiety before I get into the building and then as soon as I leave, right? But for yeah. some reason, when I go inside, I'm I just end up compartmentalizing because I mean, you know me, man. I'm gonna die mad, like yep. I'm be mad at my own funeral, and like <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna be like, this ain't right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know? No. Um. But like, because I know that if I let the part of my brain that is scared about not having a vaccine interact with the part of my brain that is engaging with students. I'm just going to engage in some hardcore Karen behavior and I can't do that. Right. So, you know, and and the vast majority of my students are, um, are staying virtual. Um, that's probably because they're mostly like 15, 16 years old Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they can be home alone. It's not ideal, but they can be home alone doing that thing. Um, but where I run into issues is when students need clarification on something. Yeah. Uh, So first of all, I was forgetting to turn off my headset. 
And so then I would walk over and help a kid and like the whole class can hear me helping this kid. And I'm like, okay, that's going to make him self-conscious. See, um, now you just taught me something to remember to turn off my headset right. when so, I go. But I actually was able to, I'm actually not even using the headset right now because when I run my audio through the new line board, yep. then if I'm, if I position myself correctly, everybody can hear me. Um, but so then the second issue I run into, so I have a couple of students who've just joined AP this semester. So they got, we got, we got to catch them up a little bit. Yep. I didn't realize, so I, I knew that I had a little bit of hearing loss, but I didn't realize how much I rely on being able to lip read when people, when kids are talking to me. And I can't even imagine when I first taught sixth grade, I couldn't even hear what they were saying like years ago. I'm like, what? Like, huh? I can't even understand. They're like, and imagine them talking through two masks. Exactly. Now. I know. And like, so, so I've had a real struggle with some of my students where I'm kind of like, okay, what? And, but you can't get huh? like close. And it's like, wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, speak wait, up. What? Speak up. What? I'm, so, I'm sorry. I just say again. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not you. It's me. But I'm like you. I'm double masking. I feel like every time our leadership highly recommends us to wear the face shield, like they're subtweeting me because I just forget. And so I'm like out there. So I got to, I got to do my face shield. God could do my goggles. Got to do something. Cause um, yeah, no, it's important. You got to protect your neck. Protect your times neck. Of oh, the COVID. I'm so glad you said it. I'm so glad you protect said your protect your neck. neck, protect your mouth. All right. But, but what, all right. So, so that's what, that's like the first, what, what about you, brother? Where, where are you at? What you, what you got? What you got? What's, what's, what's ailing you? I'm like, I'm so chaotic right now, bro. Like I'm so chaotic. Like my moods are everywhere. Like they're all over the place. I feel like the thing that is the hardest for me right now in this environment is that I feel every single emotion every day. I'm happy i'm sad i'm angry i'm stressed i'm anxious i'm frustrated yesterday i had a really rough anxiety like episode i couldn't like function properly the entire day and so uh, i'm like finding myself trying to like deal with my own like moods as i kind of go into things um but you know I i'm i i'm realizing how important it is for me to just kind of slow down like i just gotta slow down and you know i think what I have found, what I found is I, I feel like, I, I feel like it's between a rock and a hard place, right? Like we, we've got, we've got freestyles where we're scared about coming back. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, and Which we uh, need to debut. We, we do. Need we, debut. Do, we need to run them out there. We need to run them out there. And, um, and so I did not want to continue to teach remotely. Like it, it I just felt like it was just, sucking my soul it was just like sapping my energy like i didn't yep. feel like I was good at it that didn't mean i wanted to come back it yep. just i was just like so coming back has actually been it's been a little bit rejuvenating um because i'm now experiencing the energy of the students and you know the students who are back are like they're just so patient and so they really are their best and you know i'm not seeing significant numbers of students who refuse to take the stuff seriously like you know and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on right um about yep. like safety protocols and kids of color but you know mine mostly have a really good attitude about things um i'd like to do something for them like i have so few kids who are in person i'd like to yep. do something for them i'd like to get them like masks or something you know just some masks that we can kind of like all have and yep. you know, my advisement crew, I only had like three advisees like in, in the room today. Normally it's five. 
I see your advisees coming in every oh, morning. I know. I'm we're at like, that seventh grade door. I we're see like your advisement gang. Like this is in person gang right here. And so we have a lot That's of it. um but I'm just kind of like I'm kind of realizing that this is just <laughs> here's my big takeaway. This is really hard and it's taken a lot to kind of make happen. But I think that um I I think I think it's just really difficult to kind of figure out what I'm supposed to be doing right now, right? Like, you know, there's there's SEL needs that our students have, but but then there's also yep. the impulse to move through curriculum and and I just am not I'm not doing a very good job of kind of figuring out that balance. Um I'll add one thing onto the tech and then I'll throw it back at you. So in terms of technology, um you know, it's one of those things where, you know, like w what they say, um, if you fall on your face, at least you're moving forward. So that's kind of the yep. mantra that I have. And so like, let's see, if I had a dollar for every time a kid said, Mr. You muted, Mr. I can't hear you, Mr. You're not sharing your screen. Um, <laughs> Mr. The assignment's not there. Mr. You're sharing the wrong tab. Mr. We can't see anything. Um, Mr. What's the camera doing right now? Like there's so many weird things that are like happening. And and I and I'm being transparent with the students. I'm saying, hey, listen, y'all. Um, so I am a bad YouTuber and also I'm giving a bad TED talk on my bad YouTube channel because I got my headset and like it's a TED talk without any preparation. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna be tomorrow. I'm gonna be like, have you ever thought about a CLO? <laughs> Here thought. is our CLO for the day. <laughs> so it's like, but, but I think the other thing that's been kind of hard is I'm realizing that I'm not, I've, it's, it's possible that I went too far. That, that That's a hot take, right? Me going too far. What? <laughs> but no, it's possibly that I went too far in assuming this would all be new because I find that I've abandoned a lot of practices that I've done. Like, like yesterday I was kind of like, hold up. I need to ha actually have the kids talking to each other. Like, You're like, wait. like, I know they don't want to, and I know they're uncomfortable turning on their mics, and there's legitimate reasons why some of them don't have their mics on. But like, this is really boring. Like, let's have them talk to each other. We can figure it out. And so, like, that's kind of the space I'm in. Is like, I, I think I'm in a place now. Watch my classroom get quarantined. But like, <laughs> I'm in a place where I'm kind of like, okay, I think. I have enough of this figured out that yep. I can start venturing back into my regular practices. But then, you know me, I'm also really stubborn and I'm kind of like, no, I'm not going to teach. Right. Cause you told me to, like, I shouldn't be here. And so that's kind of what's happening in, in my head. Back but to yeah, you. I oh, okay. I, I love that point though, but I, then I'll, I'll go for round two. Uh, but I, I love that point. Uh, just like that. It's an experiment. And that was what my first, like when the first day back, that's what I told the kids, we're going to experiment today. I've reviewed the scientific method and we're going to experiment with ways to communicate effectively. Right. Yeah. With the idea that like, this uh, is all one big experiment, letting them know that like, this is where we are. Right. And, and it is what it is. And then that balance that you mentioned of the SEL, you know, and, and trying to figure out, I think that's that other challenge. It's like, where, where, where do they need, you know, the love, but also where do they need the intellectual stimulation? Yeah. Right. And it might not always be curriculum, but just trying to find that stuff to get them going. How do we get engaged? Yeah. 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 Because I think that's the critical part for them, you know, but uh, I agree. I guess, I guess the other thing, like when we're talking about what's been running around in my brain, 
<laughs> a lot is, you know, as we've returned back to school and just thinking about the history of like what it was like for BIPOC kids, you know, as we return in this pandemic, what does it look like uh, when BIPOC kids come back and we have this health concern, right? And this yep. new health concern is also, is gonna be treated as a discipline concern, right? And yep. rightfully so, like in yep. a way, just like, just like the police are out there telling people you gotta wear your mask, right? Yep. And um, we know that uh, in schools, oftentimes the target of discipline is kids of color. That's right. Um, you know, as we move into it, just really thinking about like, how does this play out? How does this new layer of discipline play out yeah. in the school? And, and um, in a way, you know, I noticed like there's some interesting stuff um, just worrying about like how teachers are going to handle it, but also students, right? And also yeah. students come from a variety of backgrounds and houses and experiences, right? And, um, you know, we teach in a very diverse school with a variety of, of, of people, yep. you know, and, and um, recently since I've returned back, you know, I've seen experience sometimes some triggering behaviors from my students and triggering for me, you know, yeah. as a black male, yeah. right? That, that, that these behaviors that I see from my students and they're, they're not necessarily intending, but they're replicating things that they see from society, yeah. right? And so like, I hit you up about an incident and I'm not gonna go into all of the detail of it, yep, yep, yep. but you know, a student um, was raising concerns, first of all, about two students of color, you know, this, this is a white student. And um, it just made me think about like, what happens, how do we as teachers of color deal with triggering behaviors, you know? And it made me think of like, like I said the phrase, I think in, a, in the text message, like Karen in training, right? K-I-G, right? But it, it, like getting at this idea that sometimes white people feel the need to, to, you know, police the behaviors of black people, right? Or BIPOC people. Or at the very least not recognize that when they police those behaviors that it hits different. Like it, it's different. It's there. There's. It's one thing when you're when you're kind of reprimanding another white person you don't know, uh, versus if you are calling out a black person because the the ways in which codified rules and laws have been, you know, kind of like you in in off camera you use the word or off mic you use the word weaponized. Uh, those yeah. have been deployed differently against uh, BIPOC folks in general, but black folks in particular. You know, and, and, and it goes back to a lot of my my realization as I've gotten older and older is like rules and regulations. And, and again, I go back to January 6th because it's a great recent example in history are yeah. not um, yeah. intended for yeah. white people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and 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 are really held rigorously and strenuously against people of color right there's never any bending never getting around those rules nope. for people of color like even as i think about like this story these experiences like i think oftentimes the people who don't have on mask a lot of times these stories where we see in the news that blow up are white people yeah. and they're yeah. working and they are dealing with 
essential workers in places like grocery stores that happen yep. to be people of color, yep. right? And so just seeing like these behaviors in my students, and, and, and that's not the only example, it's examples of privilege from young white male students, yeah. right? Where, where, and they're not intentionally doing it, right? They're replicating the world that they've been brought up in, right? And so like, I think it all goes back to like the importance of anti-racist education. Yeah right especially for for white kids to understand that that they don't want to replicate these are and i think these are kids who would view themselves as anti-racist yeah. right and don't realize their actions and behaviors versus maybe at times um approaching other students even if they are kids of color who you might not talk to right mm -hmm. and right. you worry that you're developing these habits of that you know those liberal habits yeah. right where it's like I, I'm I'm not racist. Well, I, I'm like the, a, it's that savior complex where you sort of feel like there's a there's a level of self-importance that you carry yourself with, and you know, and and again, it's it's unintentional, and you know, um, so like taking up space, and it makes me think of incidents I've seen in the past where uh, POC students don't want to get involved in certain activities at at a school. Yeah. Um, not because they're not into those activities and not because they don't really have much of an interest and not even because they're shy, but oftentimes they're like, and I'm thinking, and you know, I hate, I'm, I apologize to our audience for painting this with a broad brush. I don't want to use like specific names, but in one yeah. incident I can think of, there was a white male who was highly enthusiastic, highly energetic, really took up a lot of space and didn't always recognize how his positioning and his interactions within that space, um, made POC feel and made them kind of feel like, I don't know, I feel insecure around this individual and I just don't want to be in that space with that person, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it's it's always interesting too as a teacher because some of this stuff can be triggering to us, right? Like yeah. I was saying, in these moments, I found myself, you know, thinking about them and really kind of stewing on them and like even texting you about it, yep. you know, and, and just... That's like, by the way, brother, that's like trying that's, to work that's, through. That's the best PD is when we text each other. Like when I text you with questions and stuff and you give me feedback. Real talk. Like that's actually the real PD right there. Um, real PD, just like this podcast. That is good stuff. Real PD, <laughs> just no, like it, this podcast. More on that in the future. I'm, I'm constantly interrupting you. No, you're good. No, because that's how we communicate, right? We 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 could do like that. <laughs> but uh you know, just 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 thinking back and, and how it's triggering and it has created that cognitive dissonance and I have to work through it. Just like you said, you have to kind of compartmentalize, right? Because you're like, I don't want this negative aspect of these thoughts to enter this space, you know, because this is a pure sacred space and, and you have nothing to do. You know, the, right. the children have nothing to do with that. This is not or their decision. Least, or at least whatever they're doing yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter, right? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so like, so like me going into this and thinking about it, it it, it really did click that it was an, a teaching situation, right? And so it, it brought me an awareness of like, like, and I think when we were talking off mic, you were talking about like, you know, these are adult behaviors that penetrate because our space is a social space, right? It is a social, it's, it's just a microcosm of it all, right and so as we're sitting there it's it's really um giving me the opportunity to address these issues in real time 
yeah. right? To have conversations about how privilege is playing out in a conversation or in a classroom um, with my students in an authentic way, you know, with everybody there and, yeah. and, and trying not to attack people because like, like Cornelius, um, like uh, was it brother Cornelius who said call, call, or who was it? Who said, we, is it brother Cornelius minor who said, call them in instead of calling them oh, out? No, that was, that was when we were talking to Zainab. Zainab. Zainab was talking about uh, call in versus call out. Yes, but, but so like we really, like it gave me, it was that reflection piece. And so like really creating this space to teach Right. And especially, and also I meant to say this earlier. You got me off my stuff. You said you don't know about this. This brother, this is Black History Month. We got four <laughs> days deep, baby. Hey, in Black hey, History hey, Month. Nah, don't come at me like that. We, I'm, sorry, like I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. But you know, but like we we were we were talking in class about um, we're doing the creativity creative challenge for uh, Black Lives Matter at school week yep. um, 2021. And and part of the prompt is, you know. Uh, create a piece of art that represents, I'm going to get it wrong, but something about like, what, what do you need to thrive and grow in school and feel safe and, and, and feel like it's your space. Right. I'm yep. getting it completely wrong. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but you know, like it was perfect to talk about it because it was a conversation about privilege. Right. And some kids yep. were like, Oh, I was just joking. or I feel this way and you shouldn't take it that way. And I'm like, but this is what we're talking about yep. is the right to feel safe and, and be yourself, you know? Yep. So, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. And so like, when I think when we have these triggering moments, I think you have to like push through them. Right. Yep. And, and, and I think turn them into teaching moments and not be afraid to step away and have these tough conversations about issues. Now, I don't think here's the other thing. My, my, my dear white colleagues, <laughs> um, what might seem triggering to you in one moment might not always be that way to your kids of color. Yeah. So again, know your audience, know how you're speaking to them. And I felt like, you know, trying to, to, to walk a tightrope, but I felt like yeah. we had a healthy conversation that led to some growth. Yeah. Well, and what, and what I would kind of just add to that is that it's almost as if the it's almost as if real world power dynamics play out in school, right? And so what that makes me think of going forward is like, well, how do we, how do we honor the space as a space for community, not a space for individualism, right? So if a young person, you know, and I know in the lower grades, there's probably some great um, lessons around tattling and like that kind of thing. Yep, um, yep. It's not that we're saying that we don't want kids to have integrity and to call things out when when they see things that are immoral or unethical going on. But what we do want is a shift in mindset to say, okay, this thing that is bothering me, like I need to address it in a way that preserves our community. And, you know, um, and so what is it that's kind of motivating that? And I think that's actually kind of, uh, I, I feel like that's not a simple uh, thing, but it's not an easy thing. It's a simple thing. It's like, oh, okay. So what we want to develop is an ethic of community um, and not one of individualism. And that is a challenge to the kind of white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchal system of individualism within 
this education system that we're all brought up in right like that that we're all more some of us more and more indoctrinated more indoctrinated in it others of us less but you know and i think just listening to you say it that way i think the other part of my lesson is how do we respond in the community right because yeah. like I, the the caring on the adult level wouldn't happen if people could just talk, have a conversation right. with yep. me, come and talk with me. Yo, hey, I haven't seen, I've never met you. My name is so-and-so, how you doing? It's yeah. not, this isn't your house. It can't be your house. You don't live here. I don't right. live here. <laughs> I know exactly. Or, you know, you, you know, I can have my dog off a leash. Yo, yo, let's, yeah. let's be honorable and, and understand that we're all playing by the same rules. Yeah. Speaking of rules, I love how they put up the big no dog sign on our field. I was just thinking field. the same thing. Are you thinking about that? That's another no privilege issue that you don't even want to talk time. about. Woo, that's why I'm not coaching soccer anymore, so I'm less triggered by it. If, if y'all are in the Denver area and you're walking your dogs on the school fields, you're wrong. You're we're wrong. Gonna, we're going to leave no doubt that you saw the sign. You're wrong. Um, now you you <laughs> seen the sign. You see the sign. I ain't seen no dogs up there since they put their like ice. Because there's tell. always been a sign. Oh, there's always been a sign. I could tell you stories, but uh, man, it, it's, it's been wild. Uh, before we continue, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I believe round two comes to me now. Yes. I think that's the case. All right. Stick with us. We'll be right back. We are deeply grateful for all your support these last few years, your engagement on social media, your downloads, and your enthusiasm have kept us going since we started this two dope adventure nearly five years ago. Right, Kev? Yes. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your ongoing support of the content that remixes the conversation about race, power, and education. We have big hopes and dreams that you have inspired and with your support, those dreams begin to take shape in reality. In the coming weeks, you will learn about projects that we can now go forward with because you stepped up. Yeah, we're so happy. Of course, we still have numerous projects filed away that are awaiting your support. You can support these projects by visiting patreon.com slash 2DopeTeachers. Patrons who join at the 2Dope level get a 2Dope Nation sticker. And what's better than stickers? Um, it's designed by local uh, artist Sham. And for a limited time, limited time, the next five 2Dope patrons will get a copy of Cornelius Miner's book, We Got This. What? What a deal. Hey, that is, and it's signed. And That's right, and it's signed. Patrons will enjoy special access to us in the form of Ask Me Anything threads, throwback old episodes, occasional Zoom meetings, and sneak previews to upcoming work and public appearances. Our upcoming podcast series, The Exit Interview, featuring the brilliant Asia Lyons, which highlights the stories of black teachers who are forced out of teaching is only possible because of our patrons. Right, and I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so dope. So we asked and you responded. We look forward to growing and learning with you. Let's remix this conversation on race, power, and education.
And we are back. Uh, yes, and in accordance with our Patreon trailer, please help us to stack that cheese. Yes. Um, Stacking that cheese will allow us to bring you more amazing content. If you have not already listened to episode one of the exit interview at Two Dope Production, check it out. Have, and our sister Asia Lyons. Asia, and, uh, shout out. It's blowing up. The and, professor. Uh, the professor. That's right. <laughs> we're going to. I think we're going to become like Wu-Tang after a while. We're just going to have a whole bunch of have our two dope crew and it's just going to be how it is. Um, all right. So I got. It's, it's yeah, back what, to you. It's back, back to you. Me. What What do you got? Like what else I, is in that brain? I have so much on my mind that I just can't recline, brother. Ooh. I can't. Um, so I want to talk about a term that I consider to be very insidious. And that term that I'm hearing is loss of learning, lost learning, learning loss, this whole thing. And I, and I kind of want to unpack it a little bit because I'm not, I'm not averse to the notion that not having students in school is going to have an effect. And I'm not against the notion that not having students in school represents like perhaps a lack of academic growth, right? I'm not against those ideas, but I, want, I just want to talk about what bothers me about these ideas. So I break it down into like, I think three buckets or 12 buckets. I don't know how many buckets it breaks down to. Um, I want to talk about how the notion of learning loss potentially supports white supremacist uh, narratives about school. I want to talk about learning loss as a, as, as a framing that decenters students and centers adults. I want to yes. talk about learning loss as a flawed data analysis. And I want to talk about learning loss as um, I want to talk about learning loss as kind of a myopic, convenient framing of something that's been going on for generations. Right. Ooh, All right. I don't remember go. any of what I just said. So I'm just going to go into it. So, okay. So, so point number one. <laughs> I love that. Point number one. I gave a solid thesis. Let's go. I gave a solid thesis. I don't remember what it was. I just threw it in the trash. Um, okay. So point number one, learning loss disproportionately centers white supremacy and presents the school as a savior institution. Now, I'm a person who keeps a bell hooks quote up in my room, and it's about bell, it's bell hooks writing in Teaching to Transgress about the academy as a, as a site for liberation, right? Yes. The academy is, is a place to transgress and to think in, in big ways. And she qualifies that statement by saying that the institution of schooling is not paradise, right? But if we do it correctly, if we educate for the practice of freedom, then it, be, it can become paradise where we imagine ourselves as bigger, greater, um, more free than we would have been otherwise, but we have to labor towards liberation, right? That's right. So, so I teach in school because I believe in school. I believe right. in this optimistic ideal that everybody should and can get an education. And That's I right. believe that public education should be accessible to everybody and level uh, playing fields when it comes to opportunities, future, and life. However, um, the thing I see coming down the pike is that if we continue to engage in this language around lost learning, you know who's going to get really excited about that? Prentice Hall, McGraw-Hill, um, all of these folks that can, that can help us recover learning loss through testing, right? That's right. And so 
what I hear when learning loss is deployed as a term is next year, you better be ready to do two years in one, right? That, which has been their goal. That's what they've always stated That's is it. their goal of growth. Yep. And so, and so it, it sort of, it, it places us in this place. And I guess I'll jump to my fourth critique of this. Um, it puts us in this position where we have not recognized at, at, at a visceral enough level, how many learning opportunities were lost for black and brown children in this country from the inception of public education. So were we considered about the loss of traditional learning when we force indigenous children into boarding schools? Were we nope. concerned about lost opportunities for learning? So with the, with the Indian schools, we literally severed a connection to learning. That's right. That's and right. We, and we demonized it and we and we and we said as a ma as a country and as a matter of policy that That's we right. are going Speak to on murder it. this type of learning and identity. When we decided that black children were not fit to be in school with white children, that Mexican children were not fit to be school in school with white children, have we labored to correct that learning loss that happened over a period of a century or more? I, I, you're shaking your head and I agree, we have not. And so the notion that we're gonna now frame learning loss as something that's happened over, over a period of 10 months is just very difficult for me to accept. Um, I know that kids are not gonna, I know that kids are not gonna be used to being in school when they come back. Yep. I know that there's going to be some distance, which brings me to my final point around this like idea of learning loss or my fifth point, or I don't know how many points I've made at this point. Um, you, you make it. Okay, cool. Keep going. Keep me to my going. last point. What evidence do we have that learning has been lost? I know what we do have evidence of. We have evidence that attendance rates are down. We have, we have theories that even though kids may log on to the Google Meet, they're not fully engaged. We have theories that kids are turning on Google Meet and leaving. We have theories, but I don't know what the evidence actually tells us. And, and I don't know that what they are missing in our classrooms is more important than what they're experiencing at home. Like when we talked to Cornelius, like uh, he framed it as, well, they've, They've probably learned something about life, about themselves, about how the world is. It doesn't mean all that learning is good. Like they may have learned, damn, life without medical insurance is horrible. Yep. Right. They may have yep. learned, damn, when my parents get laid off from their job because we had an administration that was ill-prepared to face a pandemic, damn. It's like Kendrick yep. said on that whole album, damn. Like they, they might have learned. Here. They might have learned if I organize and I work together with my community, we can overcome impossible obstacles and make history uh, with our voice and our vote in our community. Absolutely. Because there's been a lot of kids who've been working on that type of stuff, yep. you know. And there's kids that, you know, and, and again, this is a theory because I've not actually broached this conversation with students. Yep. I've talked to other uh, BIPOC educators, and I know this has kind of been my experience a little bit. There's also a possibility that even if they're dealing with hardship outside of the school, you know what they're not dealing with? Tell them about it. They're not dealing with the systemic racism that exists within the school. They're not dealing with being disproportionately called out and sanctioned and punished for minor offenses. That is one thing that a lot of children, I would theorize, are not having to face right now. And maybe it's not so bad. 
Um, this is not to say that their life has been good without school. What I am saying is that the micro and macro aggressions that have come their direction in school are not coming at them as much. And so right. I guess the fourth point I would make is actually kind of an optimistic point because we are going to be back and we are going to have to contend with the reality that we've been in this pandemic and we have not been in a schoolhouse. To your point, we have middle schoolers who have never set foot in a middle school. We have high That's schoolers right. who have never set foot in a high school. There are things that we need to address. And like the conversation with Emily Santiago from the Center for Cognitive um, yes. Diversity said, like, we actually should really be addressing what has happened in people's lives. So it brings me to a call to action. And my call to action is how do we center students and the experiential um, knowledge that they have gained from this ex from this moment in history? How do we center them as we return to full in-person school? That's it. That, that felt really good. I, mean, good. I got I got it off my chest a little bit. That that learning loss thing though, you you're real. And that's like every ever since I heard it, you know, and, and I, I heard it back, you know, as part of the leadership team yeah. back in the summer. And I was yeah. like, wait, what lost learning from from what? From what? <laughs> what is it? Yeah. What is what are you what are you taught? What is this lost learning you speak of? And what is <laughs> what the is content that they have lost know? out on learning about? That's right. That's right. You know what they've lost? You know what they've lost? They've lost seat time. That's they've what you have. That was the last part. This is the this is the encore of your thesis. Oh my bad. They've yeah. lost seat time. So let's call it what it is: seat time loss. And and, and explain for people who might not understand seat time. What oh, is seat okay. time? So you so seat time is highly contentious. Um, yes. So it dictates a lot of how schedules are built. And so yes. Um, there's apparently a minimum number of minutes that is set at the local level that children must be in seats. Now, I don't believe that's a running timer. Like, I don't believe that when Kevin gets up to sharpen his pencil that his seat timer stops. I don't think <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the case. Nope. I don't nope. think when Gerardo goes to get a drink of water, I don't think his seat timer stops ticking. Although, be careful. There's probably some people in the Colorado State House who are like, that's a great idea for putting like, a timer oh, on their seat. You know what we could do is we could, have, we could have teachers keep individual timers for each student so we could know exactly how much time they spent in their seats. That data would be so critical. It'd be so understanding. critical. So we can really see uh, the impact of uh, getting a drink of water. And of course, my my kids' timers would be like in the toilet because my none of my children are in their seats like ever. So, that's, like, that's right. That's the idea, man. In your seat, then you're not really getting it. But go on about seat time. Yeah. So, I mean, I, well, I, I think that's it. I think that's what it comes down to is that so so then what ends up happening is that the amount of time students spend in classes, the amount of class periods that are that are assigned to a class, the types of projects and independent study work that students can do, self-guided work, like it all comes down to are they spending adequate time in classes? And, you know, I think that I think that that is really what folks are trying to recover is what we think they would have gotten if they had been in chairs in our building since last March. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, you're like my brain. That that's your. I'm done. That's not everything. That you're like. I'm done. I'm done. No, I mean I'm done with that. <laughs> I'm done with that. You're like okay. okay. All right. 
no we would we would need the we would need to have one of those epic hardcore history like eight hour episodes to get everything out that's on my mind so we won't do that because yes I'm yes yes uh am yes. i throwing it back to you now or throw, throw it back to throw it I, back to me bro i got one more i got you. i got i got a little more rattling up, right. up inside my head and i think we're on the home stretch now we're on the home stretch now yes all right yes so you know as as we've returned back into the building you know i think i've been dealing with some of the the anxiety that emerges like you mentioned you know i've been away from it but again i think being away from it um was nice right as a black teacher as a as a you know a teacher of color in a building with uh predominantly white folks and so i think just coming back i think that last thing that i'm thinking about is how do i fit in and especially in this world of remote teaching and i think the other thing i might be doing and wrestling with is just being too hard on myself Mm -hmm. right and thinking that i have to be perfect and that everybody's judging me about everything you know and um, I said it to somebody, I feel like I'm back in my first year of teaching, right? Bruh. And so Bruh. hypercritical. That's so real. Hyper feeling like I don't belong in this. The imposter syndrome, I think, kicks up it's as, uh, you know, I feel like there's things that I'm putting to the side, yeah. right? And and putting pressure on and competing with. And, and um, I had a big realization yesterday because I'm doing this equity experience through work. Um, because of my role as the uh, instructional leadership team. And we're reading um, Zaretta Hammond's, uh, a chapter from her book on, uh, you know, culture and- and Cultural uh, responsiveness in the brain. Cultural responsive- We got to uh, find- Hey, Zaretta Hammond or any of your people, like we- Hit us up. Come on our show. Yeah. We'd love to have you. Love to chop it up. We want to talk to you. For real. For real. Let them know if y'all, if y'all are in the know. That's but, right. but 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 reading through the chapter about which is talking about how culture influences teaching right uh but it's really focuses ends up talking about you know individual versus collective or uh culture right collectivism right. versus individuality which you mentioned before like which i feel like brings our whole conversation back to community yeah right, right. and this collectivism right. and how do we really build on this versus this individuality. And there's been something, and I'm not trying to call out anybody in our work, but we have this practice of shouting people out. And it's always made me feel a little uncomfortable. And I couldn't really put my finger on why. I couldn't really put my brain around why. But when I read through that, it's like uh, Black people, African-Americans, you know, uh, Latinx people, people from the Caribbean, people from the Middle East, Asian cultures have this communal aspect and this yeah. collective mindset, right? Yeah. Where it's like we, we, we you wouldn't, you don't really blow up your spot, right? Like if if I'm doing really well True. in my community, I don't really blow up the spot. I don't brag about it. I don't want to talk about it. I, I mean, people. I'm a little bit different because I look up to rappers, but go ahead. That's right. That's right. But I think that's <laughs> hip. Well, this is. Hold on, but this is why oh, okay, hip hop okay, is okay. the way it is, right? Yeah. Because hip hop is 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 seeking to step aside and say, I'm different from that, right? And the only way that in our communities we had, which was to bolster and to, to spit your rap, right? And to, to brag. We had to. And, and, and it's why it's there. But again, you know, like when I think about like how I grew up, you know, my grandma, my grandma, they, they weren't bragging about it. They weren't like, oh, you know, they might brag 
amongst their people talking yeah, trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking yeah. trash is a different story. Oh, real different. Like saying real I'm different. nice with the thing is a different story <laughs> than being like elevating me above That's other right. people. That's not to right. say, and our practice is not. Everybody gets a chance to get Well, even that out. talking trash like sort of like culture, because I experienced it where I grew up too. Even that talking trash culture does serve like a bonding it's a bonding experience like it's we're doing it together clowning right. each other together like so it is actually it, it looks individualistic but it's actually collective yeah and so like it just hit me and like i think i've always been uncomfortable with a little bit of shout out culture like you know and like it hits me like when when my students don't want to be the star student don't uh uh-uh, don't yeah take you like god yeah. uh, i don't really need this up i don't need that bullseye on my They're back like- you know like <laughs> You, you, but it, it hit me. It's like we don't, won't, we, we don't really roll like that. And then it also just hit me working in a school of predominantly Latinx kids, and and our constant arguments and debates about like plagiarism and right. uh, and and copying kids copying answers yeah. and cheating. And and it tells me that we're missing out on an opportunity yeah. to create an environment where kids really do have the opportunity we have some colleagues that are really good at this like creating an opportunity you know you're really good at it it's something that i've always been impressed with the way you could do in your classroom and and a lot of our high school teachers i think are really skilled at this of creating these environments where kids can collaborate and feel like hey all of our ideas shout out to our drama teacher who is too dope and and i think always doing great projects that allow people to kind of build on them uh, um you know, collaboratively, collectively, you know, and, and I, it just made me think differently. And so like, just rattling around is how can I increase collectivism in my classroom? And yeah. how can we and I think you hit it on the head, how can we really build community in our classroom in our school, where we're really talking to each other and, and shout out to the schools and communities where that is happening. Man, mad love, yeah. give us tips on like, because it, it's not easy. Yeah. Well, remember, I mean, I remember when we when we had Zainab on the show and one of the things that she said is that that she pointed out is that in most schools in your traditional school, which by traditional, I don't just mean like a comprehensive high school, but a school that just does things the way most other schools do things. And and I would say that, you know, um, at di- in different kind of spaces in our school, we're not like others, but but the overall system is kind of fashioned in that way. Because mm-hmm. I think we are trying to, I think we are fighting an internal battle about do we want to, do we want to um, reach for the, if do we want to reach for an ideal that puts us as an elite institution in the tradition of elite institutions, or do we want to create something new? And I think, I think sometimes it's okay to have a little bit of both. Like yep. the, you need to have access to the conversation in order to change the conversation, right? Yeah. But, but what Zaina pointed out is that most educational institutions strive for independence, but when you a collective mindset encourages it to strive for interdependence, um, so that interdependence is actually a higher human function than independence. And Definitely. so frame it like that. And and don't sell yourself short. You just said you're too hard on yourself. And I agree. Like when you were doing some of that stuff, that service learning stuff in middle school, um, where you were starting to get students actually like, okay, let's let's address some issues that we care about. Let's work together. Let's get surveys. Just to see them running around the school with their little links and their little like surveys um, <laughs> was really cool because they were I doing it together it. and they were exciting and they and they were excited about it. They, they had no idea what they were doing because this is all 
all new and they haven't been asked to do this in education before. Um, but the energy they got from each other was like real. Like you saw kids who would be labeled as disengaged. Um, That's really, right. Like into, I'm thinking of one young brother right now who yes. was one of the only times I saw this young person really engaged and excited about what he was doing. And so, yeah, I mean, how do we strive for that ideal of collectivism um, within our schools? It's, it's a great question. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. That was like almost probably a year ago to the day, like when all of that, when we were working on all that stuff, yeah, that was like a year ago to the day. I feel like it was in almost. the winter and I feel like it yeah. was, we were talking about finding ways to link student voice and leadership between high school and middle school. And we were really yes. excited to have that conversation. And then, and then, and, and then it all, it all hit. It all came right. <laughs> so I guess, you know, like that's the other thing that's rattling in my head. We're about to come to this year anniversary, right? And I don't know if we go into it right now, but it's like, I don't know. It's been the longest year and the shortest year. It sounds like a song lyric. I need to write that oh, down. Oh, get it. Jot that down. Get, longest get year and the shortest year. Uh, but it, it really does. I want to do a, a, a whole episode on that. I think that would be really interesting. Because there's been so much, you know, from, from the beginning of it all to where we are today, um, you know, to thinking about that we, we're hearing of talk of a vaccine, yeah. you know, yeah. which I think is, that's the other thing rattling around in my head Yeah, is, is, let me get this vaccine. Let me get, let me get, yeah. let, let me get safe. All these other people are getting safe, yeah. you know, like look out for us, represent for us. If you want us out here yeah. and, 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 and shout out, I'm glad we've got the healthcare workers and the, you know, all the other, now yeah. we got to get our, our, our grocery store workers. We aren't talking about yeah. these folks. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, um, you know, it is, it's an ominous anniversary that's coming. I think that's absolutely right. And like COVID-19 a year later, like, what are we going to be like talking about? How is it all going to look? You know, I love how you made reference to a song lyric, because I think I want to take us out on this. Um, This has been really hard. You and I have talked about how hard this is. And um, I'm a veteran teacher and I ask myself, over and over again, it's year 22. And I'm like, how many more wild upendings of the world as I know it do I have left in me? Like my my daughter jokes about just running away and living in the woods. And like, I ain't gonna lie, it doesn't sound (laughs) bad right now. Like, you know, the woods don't care about COVID. It like, it's, you know, whatever. Um, But uh, what I have found is that until the last year, being a public school teacher was my only identity. Mm-hmm. It was all I was. Um, it's the only way I was able to understand myself. Yep. It's the only way I was able to connect to others. It was the only thing I could imagine for myself. And now I have discovered creativity you know, rediscovered creativity. I think I've always been a pretty creative person, but everything was like, oh, I could do this with my students. This would make a great lesson. Like this would be really cool in school and that kind of thing. But actually like being creative for my own sake has, has been really healing. And it's kind of like, okay, so the world as I knew it came crashing down around me and I realized how dependent I was upon 
all of the hours and all of the work I put in as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can't make sense of my existence in a lot of other ways. So I'm just going to be a teacher right now. And that's going to be everything that I am. Yep. And now I'm starting. And, and I think, our, and I think our sister Asia has really like put a bow on this for both of us. Where yep. I'm like, you know, just because you've been a school teacher doesn't mean that's all you can do. The skills you have are transferable everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And not, I'm not trying to leave, but yep. I feel like when I come back, I'll have a different mindset, which is like during the 40 hours that you have me by contract, I'm going to give you everything I've got. That's right. That's right. The students are going to get the best that I have every single day. The best that I have isn't the same every single day, but they will get the best that I have every single day. When I walk out that door, I'm going to, I'm going to nurture my creative process. I'm going to these goofy dreams and these goofy things. I'm like, yo, what if I, could I? Cause I'm going to say the best. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. Those though. And that's what we want for our students. And I don't know if we can ever give it to our students unless we know it for ourselves, Period. you know, because that that's where the truth is. That's where the love, that's where the joy, that's where the passion is, is when you come up with a wacky idea and just try it. Right. And have fun with it. Like a podcast. Like what if we, Um, what if we do a podcast and like, what if we do a podcast? Yeah. And, And now we got two. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, so I mean it's it is like that thing and then and then you become a person that like I think the pursuit of happiness is kind of overrated but I think the pursuit of creativity and like and the ability to dream like like I think passion can be really love cool. joy you know like that experience you know yeah I gotta be honest with you I did not see this conversation going in this direction like it's interesting it's interesting right I mean and and I gotta tell you like in front of all of our listeners and everyone you're a healing presence in my life brother like like we we get into this space we gotta get we we're feeling some type of way about everything we that's right we we process it together and then like right now we're just like man like bring on tomorrow like I'm ready. Let's go. Like we Let's get through go. it. We we could we could do it. You know, like in the end, my job is better than most people because I spend my time with young people. Young people in the presence of light and That's purity right. and and ultimate awe of of most of the world. That's right. You know, haven't been jaded. Nope. Uh, it, uh, and and for the most part, they are clean, wonderful slates and and. Yep. And just trying to find their way. And there's something so humbling about being present in those moments. And imagine if we all do it together. Shoot. Yeah. Hey, you can't stop us. You yeah. can't try to, you can't, you can't stop me now. <laughs> you <know>, stop now. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going. Uh, Yo, well, that seems like a great place to end. I know my family's waiting to be fed and I know your family is waiting to like see you materialize. Um, yes. So it, like we said, if you uh, like what you are hearing, go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a five-star review. It helps us rise in the rankings. We haven't checked the rankings lately, but um, good news. And Kev, um, you get to hear this for the first time. We've been accepted into the Educational Podcasting Network. Um, part of the network. Part of the network. Oh, now now uh, we can complain about the network. The network we- won't let us do what we want to do. <laughs> Oh no, 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 no. Like, like they're like, you guys can do what you want to do. What do you know? Yo, That's yo, what we'd like. 
they, you know, we're, we're still free. We're still free out here. But um, so that'll be coming. And one of the things actually, Kev, that they're pushing for is to have new categories of educational podcasts that would ref- better reflect uh, what these are. Because right now, educational podcasts include like everything that you could learn something from. Whereas uh, now they're talking about doing pedagogy podcasts and anti-racism podcasts and having that whole kind of thing. So we've been accepted in a network, excited to get that work going. Um, but we, uh, yeah, so it's going to help us get that visibility. Thank you to our patrons who have really just been supporting this work. And if you are enjoying the increased content, um, you know, just continue supporting us. We'd love having your support out here. Tell a friend, um, because right now, Kev, what do they get if they uh, pledge at the $15 a month level? If you pledge at the $15 a month level, you are going to get an autographed copy of Cornelius Miner's book. We got this. I think there's a few left. We don't know how many have gone out. Yep, we yep. got a few left, but get we in there. It. Get get the, the autograph graphic novel. We got this. Uh, it will inspire you. It, yeah, will, it will push you to, yeah, to realize your superpowers. That's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, so uh, join us. But, you know, give us a follow. Like us um, on Facebook.com slash Two Dope Teachers and a mic. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Dope Teachers. And you can uh, email us Two Dope Teachers at gmail.com. For the eminent and the healing Kevin Adams, my name is Gerardo Munoz. And we invite you as you close out your week, as you move towards the weekend, as we move closer to March, as we move through all of the obstacles in this difficult moment to stay up, stay smiling, stay creative, and above and beyond, stay dope.